The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk. Hello. Welcome to The Wealth Show. My name is Christopher Johnson, reporter for CTY Wealth Manager. In today's episode, I speak with Keith Wade, Chief Economist at Schroders. We discuss the impact of labour shortages in the UK and the US, how the coronavirus pandemic has triggered what economists are terming the Great Resignation, and how immigration policy is impacting businesses' ability to fill vacancies. You know, I'd love to get your perspective on what is being termed the um, Great Resignation. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, so this is a, a, a term that's been primarily used in the US, where there is quite a lot of evidence that the retirement rate has has increased quite significantly as a result of COVID. Um, I mean, it, it would seem that, you know, at any particular time, say pre-pandemic, there's a certain number of people in the workforce who are thinking about retiring, they've reached a certain age and, you know, but they carry on because they enjoy it. And then, of course, COVID came along and presented a bit of a threat to, you know, your your health. And uh, uh, so there has been quite a marked acceleration uh, in the the retirement rate. And um, some of the work that's been done by the Dallas Fed actually is quite interested in in this in the US, um, where you can see that, you know, the trend participation of people who are in their 60s uh, has, has dipped quite a lot. Um, it should be said, though, that, um, you know, demographically speaking, the, the baby boomer generation are kind of moving into that group anyway. So we would have seen more retirement anyway, because more people have reached that age. So you have to sort of disentangle that a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, it does seem that that has been uh, a, a little bit of a trend coming through. And it's one of the factors that is reducing the overall participation rate in the labor force in the US. With that in mind, you know, how is that kind of, you know, impacting the way that investors invest in particular businesses? Are there some businesses that are being more affected than others? And is that causing maybe investors to kind of stay away from them? Um, you know, what is your perspective on that? Well, I mean, I look at it from a macro perspective and the takeaway that I've got from this is very much sort of big picture. And what we're looking at is the ability of the labour force to meet demand effectively in the economy. And when you see a pickup in retirement and a drop off in the actual level of the labour force, which is what's happened in the US, you, you become more concerned about the risks of inflation. Because if you, you've actually got less resources to put into the increase in demand that's coming through, and that will mean, as we're seeing, that you know, wages begin to pick up quite sharply or you end up with shortages and, and companies saying, well, you know, we can deliver that product, but you've got to wait six weeks for it because we haven't got a delivery driver or we've only got one delivery driver at the moment and we can't, you know, we just can't get anybody new in. So that's the impact. So it's, it's seen as inflationary. Um, and it's, I think it's been quite interesting. It's, it's swung the... Um, the pendulum uh, of bargaining power back towards the worker, which a lot of people would say is a good thing and, and, and about time that did happen. So, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think what, what businesses now are starting to think about is that 
if some of these shortages are going to be permanent, then they need to think quite hard. Think, well, if we can't get people in and we, you know, we can't and the wages are getting too high, then they're starting to think about other ways of doing things. So I think it will ultimately give quite a push to automation and, you know, robotics and artificial intelligence and all those kind of things. But that's, that's more of a, a longer term story. But I think that's where we'll kind of end up. From my readings, you know, uh, a lot of the reason why that we're seeing this labour shortages is because of, you know, a lack of immigration. So as um, kind of immigration policies are tightening up and getting stricter, you know, people that would have been here to, you know, maybe do certain jobs aren't here. So kind of, you know, how is that, you know, playing out in, in what we're seeing? And do you see there maybe being a change in the direction of immigration policy in the future to kind of fill, um, you know, the gaps of these um, vacancies? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a particularly um, acute issue in the UK because, of course, the UK has changed its immigration policy and you know, leaving the European Union uh, has meant that that's had quite a big impact. I mean, a lot of people probably would have gone back as a result of COVID because, you know, a, a lot of uh, people from the EU work in the service sector and the service sector, of course, was hit very hard during the lockdowns, you know, restaurants and hotels and so travel was, were, were closed. So a lot of people, I think, would have gone back. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how many EU nationals come back to this country. So they've gone back to you know, their own countries in, in Europe. Uh, to what extent people come back? And the UK has changed the, the regulations. So we talk about, you know, we want high-skilled workers and so on. But I think it, it's going to be, to me, it seems like it's created a big bottleneck particularly in some areas like, you know, HGV drivers, for example, you know, where they've they had to introduce a special scheme, which has been spectacularly unsuccessful in getting people back. And the UK economy for many years has operated on the basis of, um, you know, being very, having very open borders and pulling people in when demand is strong. And that, that has helped to contain inflation. Um, but of course, it's led to, you know, quite a lot of competition for jobs and it's probably depressed wages um, at certain, certain parts of the, the labour force. And that, of course, has led to discontent. So, you, you know, uh, it seems that politically now the agenda is very much against immigration and working towards, you know, we, you know, Boris Johnson said we want to see higher wages and so on. And that's, that's all good. But unless it's accompanied by higher productivity, then it sort of comes back to my point about inflation. You know, it will be more inflation. We will have to pay more for things um, because, you know, it's just going to cost more to get, say, if, if we're taking the HGV example, deliveries or what have you. But across a whole range of, of roles um, where the EU has been important. Um, so, yeah, I think it is um, it, the, the immigration is a problem. It's not just for the UK, though, because, of course, people are just not moving across borders in the way that they used to. Um, you know, Asia is still pretty much largely locked down. Um, you know, you're not seeing that that movement take place, even within Europe. Um, so that actually, for us, what it does, it, it, it makes the labour market much more sort of local and regionalised and you can't sort of draw in the, the international workers in the way that you could before. But I, I think it is primarily a problem for the service sector and hands-on jobs because the other thing that the pandemic has done, of course, is it's increased the amount of remote working. 
So in some higher skilled jobs, you could recruit somebody from, you know, another country and they could just work remotely for you and you, you know, you wouldn't need to see them. So it, 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 it does vary. But I think ultimately those service sector jobs are critical and uh, it, it, it means that the lack of immigration is adding to those wage pressures. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever, from digesting market and economic data to probing new trends and ideas. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. With a proven past and an eye on the future, we bring the latest thought-provoking investment analysis and diverse ideas directly to professional investors. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco, let's advance together. Capital at risk. What are your the investors at Schroders saying about all of this? Like how is this kind of impacting just the decisions that they're they're able to make? So I mean the outlook for inflation and wages are, are sort of critical inputs into our process. And uh we have to think about that in the context of, for example, what central banks will do. So, you know, the inflation that we've seen, you know, to what extent will the central banks try and tighten policy and stop it from, from taking hold in the economy? And, of course, that's been a big debate everywhere, you know, and particularly here in the UK, where the Bank of England seemed poised to raise interest rates at its previous meeting and, you know, could well raise rates at the next one. Um, but it's the same kind of story elsewhere. The question then is, you know, if, if we think that central banks are going to get more hawkish, you know, how does that affect bond yields and how does that affect markets and liquidity in particular? I, we can argue about whether they're going to raise rates this month or next month, but the general direction of travel is towards tightening liquidity as a result of these changes. And, um, you know, that will begin to put pressure on the level of valuations in equity markets. Um, so we spend a lot of time, you know, looking at, well, you know, if they tighten, how high can bond yields go? What would that do for, you know, the, the underpinning of um, equity valuations and so on? So that's how we look at it. Um, we have to balance that against the strength of growth and the strength of earnings. So, you know, at the moment, we think that earnings growth is good. And even though there may be some upward pressure on bond yields, it's still right to be overweight in equity markets. Um, you have to be selective, but, you know, that's all part of our process. So that's, that's really how it comes in from, from my sort of top-down level. We look at the wages and productivity side as well, because obviously for, for companies, the, you know, if they just pay higher wages and they don't get the productivity, then you know, they will have to pass on higher costs to their customers. And, you know, there's a question then as whether they can do that or whether customers will push back and then they see a fall in sales. So, you know, we're, we're thinking about that side as well. Um, so those are, those are the angles that we, we use this sort of work for in, in thinking about our asset allocation. Back to the great resignation, do you see it um, being able to kind of benefit, you know, younger people that maybe there is more, since there's more strength in the labour market, the pendulum swung towards um, the employee. Do you see that there might be more opportunity for younger people to kind of um, get the career development that they are, you know, looking for? Um, do, do, do you see that as a possibility from this? I think so. I mean, I think what employers are realising is that um, people want to 
get the benefits of being able to work from home, work remotely and so on and be more flexible in their working. And I think, you know, any labour shortage that we're seeing is going to cause employers to be more flexible and think more about developing the careers of their younger people. Um, They have to do that and realise they maybe have to do more to retain them um but maybe more in a different way you know previously people always focused very much on on pay and compensation now it might be slightly different that people are thinking more holistically about this and um you know it will be more about you know well okay where you know compensation package fine but you know where where will my career be um, you know, do I have a do I have a long term role in this company and so on? I think people want to know more about that. Um, we are now seeing quite a pickup in people moving jobs in the economy. The what we call the quit rate has risen quite a lot uh, in in the UK and and in the US and elsewhere, and that I think is always a sign of a, a strong labour market. So I think there are more opportunities, I think, for people at the early stage of their careers probably to, I don't know, get a better deal, if you like, than they would have done from before. The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk.